Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Today, we are reviewing Luna's newest EP, Hash, or Pound, or Hashtag, or Pound Symbol, or Number Sign. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what it looks like. I thought it might have been Pound. This album doesn't really pound you, though. Well, the first two songs do. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this little EP. This was released on February 5th. It's released by the label Blockberry Creative. They're the, the label for Luna. However, SM Entertainment founder Lee Suman was involved in the production of this album after he watched Luna do a video cover of NCT 127's Cherry Bomb. He was so impressed that he's like, I have to be a producer on this album. Honestly, seeing that as like an influence makes sense for the first couple of songs on this EP. Right now, it's number two on the Gaon album chart, which is the Korean music chart, and number four on Billboard's World Albums chart. So it's doing pretty well. Yeah, fairly popular, I'd say. So if you bought the CD, there are seven tracks. But if you didn't buy the CD, there are six. The first track is Pound or Hash. It's, you know, the number sign. Yeah. So this is a super intense song that is a building crescendo with a lot of bass. And this is the one song that actually sounds like an EDM song. There are no lyrics and it's very short. It's only like a minute, six seconds. Yeah, this intro literally shakes my car when it plays because there's so much bass. It's almost at first like a very foreboding kind of like oh shit something's coming type of sound yeah it almost puts you on edge (laughs) but then it starts to build into more of an edm sound like emily said and it really like hypes you up gets you ready for the album which is the point of an intro song so good job on that and i just feel like this is the type of backing music that you would play like during a badass like superhero entrance into like a fight Like, that's kind of what it sounds like. Or, like, at the beginning of some cyberpunk movie where you see a bunch of girls, like, get a phone call, and then one of them gets on her motorcycle, another one's like, I'll be right there. And, like, gets in a car, and then they all meet. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that sounds like. Yep. (laughs) So the next song on the album is So What? So What? This is the single off the album. This is the one with the music video. We have talked about this in our K-pop roundup. So we're going to try to have some fresh perspectives on this. We literally just watched the music video again. Let's talk about the video and then let's talk about the song. So the video intro is powerful, but I feel like the wording was a little bit off on it. Mm -hmm. I understand what they're trying to go for. I really do like music videos that go above and beyond dancing in a place. Mm -hmm. This seems to have a theme, a story going through it. The beginning is like the primer, 
It's saying that you can break free, mm-hmm. you can move beyond, you can evolve, you can be your best self mm-hmm. is what I've taken that for. It has a lot of fire imagery, a lot of phoenix stuff, if you mm-hmm. will. You know, rising from the ashes, creating a new. At the end, it just says burn yourself, which obviously we're supposed to take as the old you, so the new you can, you know, be the baddest bitch in the room. But <laughs> I feel like they probably shouldn't have just had burn yourself. Yeah, obviously they weren't being literal with that. It was a metaphorical saying, but it still catches you off guard because you're not expecting something that aggressive, <laughs> I it's guess. It's very aggressive. Yeah, but I understand it out of the lens of kind of like a phoenix rising from the ashes. The phoenix has to burn itself out essentially, to rise from the ashes that it's created. So we definitely didn't have that perspective before, but I think that makes sense now with the music video watching it again. There is a lot of dancing in this video, like a lot of Luna videos, because there are 13 members. The girls are kind of sectioned off into like groups of two or three or one, and they have their little set, and then they do it, and then they have a group dance number. That's pretty typical. Yeah. I did enjoy the sets on this. One of them was a subway train. One of them was a Thai rickshaw with like neon lights everywhere. That was Mm. cool. Um, Another one was like a ballet studio Mm -hmm. in a mansion. Yeah. And there was also like outside of a train station, so like a platform, an abandoned building, and kind of like a school play yard. Right, yeah, one of them was dressed like a schoolgirl, and she just let her homework fly. Yeah. She's like, so what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck this paper. (laughs) Yeah. I do like that there are extras in this, and these extras are different nationalities and races and body types, Mm -hmm. which I do appreciate. A lot of the time, Luna will employ these people to do, like, dancing numbers. Yeah, I thought the variety of sets kept it very interesting throughout the whole music video. I cannot even imagine how much work was put into that. That's a lot of sets for one music video. Normally, it's just like a few box sets. These were live. They were not green screen. They went to locations to film this. Most music videos take about three days to shoot. This probably took like a month. Yeah. I thought that all the girls got their chance to shine. Mm -hmm. The group dance numbers looked really, really sharp. It looked like they were behind a billboard on the rooftop. I thought that is cool. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like Hollywood in a yeah. way. The outfits for this, we both really enjoyed. At one point, they have all denim outfits, H outfit. And I love that because I love weird, tacky denim things. I would never wear it, but I enjoy <laughs> looking at it. They did not wear it enough. It was like for one scene. And I was like, no, bring it back. I heavily disliked J outfits, so <laughs> that was fine with me. I think my favorite outfit from them was the outfits they wore on the subway, just because they were something that you'd see like a normal person wearing, but it was just like more grungy than they normally look. And I enjoyed that. It wasn't over the top. It was like normal person grungy, like what you would see someone wearing on the subway. Commuter wear. It was cool. I also did enjoy the band t-shirts, the ACDC. God. (laughs) (laughs) Def Leppard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wish they would let idols dress themselves. I would Mm -hmm. really love to see a music video where they are in their own complete style. I would say the one style that stood out in a bad way for me was two of the girls in a red and yellow sundress. 
Yeah. I just, I didn't, it didn't fit with the rest of the music video. It felt very out of place and jarring, honestly, when they went back to those girls in those outfits. Yes, one of them had colored hair, but other than that, it was just weird. And almost like the twins in The Shining (laughs) type of deal, because it was the same dress, just in red and then in yellow. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) That was weird. Could have done without that, honestly. Let's talk about the music. We both really enjoyed this song. Kyle really enjoyed the song. I played it for him. He didn't know it was Luna. He's like, this slaps. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. It goes pretty hard. I really, really like the drum and bass in this. Mm-hmm. It's so funky and yet in your face. A lot of the song is the girl screaming, so what? Yeah. That's really powerful, too. It carries throughout the whole song. It really brings a cohesion to the song because when they say that, it flashes like bad <laughs> on the screen for the music videos. So the harmonies were really good in this. I really enjoyed in the chorus. They say, "I'm so bad, I'm so bad, I'm so bad," and it gets higher and higher and higher in their melodies, and it sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. Yeah, I think the only thing I wish that would have happened is at the end of the song or near the end of the song, they just took the BPM even higher. Like, went even faster with it. Almost like, this is going to be a very obscure reference, but you know how the I Got a Boy, the Sendo remix? Mm, how it, yeah. it, it's like, it like breaks down and it goes even faster? That is like the musical equivalent of like snorting coke. It's great. <laughs> it just, I think that would have added a little bit of like a, mm, it would have pushed it over the top to make it like a certified banger if that happened at the end. Yes, everyone, after this episode, go immediately to YouTube and look up I Got a Boy Sendo Mix. It's great. so good. It's great. It's a great song to work out to. I think this song is a great song to work out to. Also, it makes you want to like walk fast and like be a badass, kind of. It's a good cardio song. Definitely. So ironically, the number three track is called Number One. <laughs> <laughs> So this is when the EP starts to take a change. Almost a complete 180. Yeah. We're going from a really bombastic in-your-face sound to completely normal pop music. This is way more in line with how I see Luna, though. I don't really see them as these badass bitches. However, this was their chance to change all that. Yeah, I don't understand the direction of this EP. Like, it was like, badass, badass, and then it's like, and let's take it all the way back down. And I just don't understand. I guess I just don't understand the thought process behind that. The tempo of this album didn't make any fucking sense. In fact, the last song, not on the physical one, but the last song for the streaming, it just ends like a fucking fart. Like It's like slowly turning down the volume. I know! <laughs> like, uh, I don't get it. That being said, this song, I felt like, was a perfectly fine mid-tempo bop. It's a very standard pretty love song. I don't understand the tone change in this EP. It threw me for a fucking loop. 
I was like, oh, okay. And it's not like this song is bad, because it's not. No. It's just not what I was expecting slash hoping for. Yeah. I was expecting a twist on Blackpink's badass in your face with Luna's extremely feminist undertones. I would have liked that a lot. Of all the K-pop groups out there, I would say that Luna is the one that utilizes the most feminist messaging. Mm -hmm. Luna is all about girl power. Mm -hmm. Like, literally. They're like, all the Luna girls in the world, this is for you. Yeah. Why? Why couldn't this whole album have been that? Is it the fucking SM executive? Did he do this? It could have been. I think it may have also been maybe their management not wanting to alienate completely the base of fans that they have cultivated with Luna having a particular sound. Because this song is a lot like their other songs, which is what their fan base is used to. I see the logic in that, but this is also like a six-song EP. They could have done a little one-off. I agree with you. I think they should have gone balls to the wall and seen what happened, and if it really flopped, then, you know, change strategies, reverse, go back to the normal sound. I just don't see how they could have ever thought that it would have flopped, though, because... It's so good. Because Blackpink is so ridiculously popular, and they had that sound. Blackpink and Twice are the two most popular girl groups right now, and Blackpink has that sound. Yeah. You don't want to be another Twice. Because Twice isn't even that really that good, so... (laughs) (laughs) The number four track is Oh, Yes I Am. They want to know, who am I? It literally starts, who am I, who am I, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Are you my mother? (laughs) (laughs) This is another mid-tempo bop. It feels like this song is a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more jumpy of a song than the previous song, number one. The clicky, like, chiming noises, when the singing is slower, it has that specific musical element to it that keeps you engaged with the song. I really hate when songs are like, it's the chorus, and then it's like, full stop, verse. This is exactly what this song did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I did feel like the little clicky stuff, it helped a little bit. Yes, the chorus is very understated, and the music almost comes to a halt, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't. Like Rachel said, it works for the most part. Normally, stuff like that just grinds my gears. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't want a grinding halt in the chorus. We don't need a tone change. But this did work with the instrumentation to it, so. The harmonizing when they sang Upgrade also sounded really good. Yeah, that's towards the end of the song. I feel like after some sort of, like, a rappy section. Sort of. Like a talk (laughs) singy. Portion. There was no rapping on any of these following songs. Like, yeah. none. Yeah. For the most part. The most you get is toxing. Yeah. I'm really, really liking their harmonies. I want them to do more harmonies. Harmonies are, are like Red Velvet's thing. Yeah. I want more people to do that. It's like, you guys are singers. Sing at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. I think they should lean into that. But overall, I was like, meh. So the number five track is Ding Ding Dong. Ding Ding Dong. 
piano is heavily featured in this, in the instrumental, and it reminded me of the Persona games, like the music that you play as you're looking through your inventory. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) it, It just did. Yeah. Ding, ding, dong is the sound of a doorbell. They're ringing the doorbell to talk to this dude. The song is about wanting to confess your love to someone and, like, wanting to immediately be in a relationship that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. It is the most bubblegum pop of the album, is this song. It's very, very sweet, very, very pink, you know, very poppy. Yeah, for sure. I really like this song also. It reminds me a lot of, actually, second-gen K-pop, like, early releases. I feel like a young girls' generation could have released a song very similar to this. Oh, I love girls' gen. The only thing I didn't like, and I referenced this in the previous song, but I do not like the talk singing parts of this when they're just like, boy, blah, 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 in the middle of the music video. Hey, boy. Not the music video, but when they're saying that in the middle of the music, it's like, just let them sing. They have good voices. They don't have to do that, and it's stupid. (laughs) Every time... A song either starts out with a spoken word portion or that's in some part of the song. I immediately think of that stupid fucking meme that's like, I'm speaking directly into your ear. You will do this for me. You will go get Bambi from the PS2. <laughs> like, Oh my god. It's so stupid. I don't need Luna to appeal to my lizard brain by speaking directly into my ear. We don't need it. <laughs> we really don't need it. So the next song on the EP is 365. Piano ballad, boo. Bleh. They really ended this with a fucking fart. I was just like, ugh. Like, just turned the stereo off. All the way down and then off. (laughs) I feel like you shouldn't end an album with this, like, perfect album structure if you're going to have a ballad. You start off with an intro that's catchy and leads directly into another super catchy song that leads directly into the single of the album that leads directly into... A slightly less awesome, like, BPM song. Your mid-tempo. Mid-tempo. Mm-hmm. Into the ballad. Mm-hmm. Back into mid-tempo. Mm-hmm. Into a really good closer. I agree. It was an EP, so there were less songs, but I just... Yeah, it really ended with a whimper. Their voices are really pretty in this song, but I just can't see myself listening to this song. I will listen to So What, and I will listen to these other songs, but I will not listen to this song unless i'm forced to listen to it in a k-drama which is the only thing i can really see this being used for we cannot translate korean very well i'm not gonna lie and i would argue a lot of their international fans aren't gonna fucking understand it either they may not speak english as their first language but they probably don't speak korean yeah or understand korean so i don't understand the demographic of this song is purely for korean speakers because I just don't understand why you'd listen to a ballad. I mean, some people like ballads, I guess, to feel emotional. But this will probably either go in an ad or a K-drama, or will be used as a transition in concert for one girl to sing while the rest of them drink water and change. I mean, like, to be fair, 
Emily and I don't even listen to slow songs in English. We do not. I'm not interested in it. We're not interested, no. No. My slow dancing days ended in middle school. Yeah. Sorry about it. We're just into bangers only. (laughs) Bangers and mid-tempos when we're in the mood. Because this is a ballad, I did look up the lyrics because I couldn't really comment on the instrumentation. These are the lyrics of part of the chorus that I thought were really nice. But then again, I'm not into ballads. So it goes like this. Even when the long darkness comes, I will rise, dazzling bright, to shine on you and only you. You. You are my center. I'll collect all of my days, give them all to you. Lovely sentiment. I'm still not going to listen to the song ever again. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot sit there and force myself to listen to it. Like, because it is forcing myself to listen to it, truly. If you ever want to torture us, you got to (laughs) tape us down to a chair and just play ballad after ballad. (laughs) So track number seven, which is a hidden track, and it was only available on a physical CD copy. It is called Day and Night. Now this is an up-tempo song, which, good. I guess if you bought the album, it didn't end on a fart, but... Yeah. It starts with vocal manipulation and, like, a bird call thing where I was like, I don't know, but I've listened to the song again and I actually do enjoy it. There are very interesting sounds in the instrumental. A lot of it is made with, like, non-instruments. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, this weird popping sound. It kind of almost sounds like bubble rap. Mm. I really like that. I like sounds that make music that aren't traditional sounds, if that makes any sense. She's a percussion lady. For the chorus, the only lyrics are day and night, which I was like, okay. I liked it. Um, I said, Miku, is that you? When I heard the opening (laughs) to the song, it it really does remind me of some Vocaloid chiptunes almost. I do like the little 8-bit noises that are thrown into this song. I think it's really sweet, and I really, really love how they incorporated the vocal manipulation as sounds into the chorus. Like, it just, it, like, livens it up and makes it almost sound, like, futuristic. I really did like that about the song. I do wish it was a bit more of a powerful sound and a tad faster. But that being said, I think it's a perfectly fine song, and I would listen to it again. Yeah, I'd definitely listen to this again. That was the EP. What would you rate it? One to five. One being a piano ballad and five being an absolute banger. I would rate this a three and a half. I would rate this a three as well. The first two songs, I was, you sold me, Luna. You got me. I was ready for more. And then you reeled it back and I felt confused and kind of disappointed that that was not what I was going to be getting. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with you. I was really hyped for this album, and then it just kind of gave a lot of mid-tempo songs, which were not bad at all, but they were not what I was expecting. All right, let's finish this with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Elris's Summer Dream. Seeing as it's 80 degrees outside and this is a great summer song, I'm going to recommend Falling in Love by To Anyone. Oh, that is a great summer song, even though it's, like, not even spring. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be 88 degrees tomorrow. 
Guys, we hope to see you at SwampCon. It is this weekend. It is completely free. It is not canceled. It is still happening. It's in Gainesville, Florida. Just go to SwampCon.org for all the information, and we hope to see you there. We're doing a panel on Saturday and Sunday. Don't be scared. Wash your hands. It'll be okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Tumblr at soulmatespodcast.tumblr.com. Check us out on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. Check out some of our videos on YouTube at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can find our podcast anywhere. You can normally find podcasts, whatever platform you're listening on right now. Please follow us, subscribe, download our episodes. We release new episodes every single Friday unless we are dead or life catches up with us. Yep. We'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye.